Welcome to Momentum Church. Well, good morning, Momentum Church. I hope y'all are, are y'all are y'all alive this morning. Yeah. yeah. Good. Good. Look, I I I'm not gonna let you down today. Jesus is not gonna let you down today. I got a big prop. Um, <laughs> I mean, life is good. I get, to, I get to teach this morning in the name of Jesus. Man, I'm just, I'm excited. Uh, and so my name is Brantley Johnson. I'm the uh, executive pastor here at Momentum Church, for those of you who don't know who I am. Um, and, you know, I, for me, in the mornings, I like my peace and quiet first thing in the morning. Uh, I, I like to get up, drink my coffee, uh, read whatever book I'm reading at the time, uh, and my Bible. That's my time. And, and so I've also got three kids, though, right? And so I have to time it well, because if I don't time it right, then my kids are going to get up and start asking questions. Like, anybody got kids in here, and they ask questions? Like, that's what they do. Um, if you have a moment of silence with them, and you hear a deep breath, get ready. Because <clears throat> that's what happens. So if I don't time it right, they get up with me, and they're, they're sitting there. I'm trying to drink my coffee in quiet and peace, and it just doesn't it doesn't work for long, right? And so now all of a sudden they start asking questions and it doesn't even matter what the questions are. There's no like real logic to these questions. You're just sitting there enjoying the morning and then, hey daddy, what are we doing today? Buddy, it's too early. I don't know what we're doing today. What are we doing tomorrow? I don't know. Can we have McDonald's on Sunday? What's happening on Sunday? I don't know. It just seems like a good day for McDonald's. Like, that's the line of questions that I get first thing in the morning. And, and then it like transcends to another level and you start getting into, Daddy, if, if a whale and a unicorn had a baby, like what would it be called? I don't know. Like, well, what would it look like? Probably a narwhal with legs. I, I'm just saying. Like, like this, this is what happens whenever they get up. So peace and quiet in the morning. If you don't get up at the right time, it does not happen. And um, peace looks a lot of different ways for a lot of different people, right? And, and we all want peace in life. At least that's what we say. We pray for peace. We, we want peace. And I think peace is kind of this abstract thing that we, we get it, but we don't get it. You ever felt like that before? Like, I get it, but I don't get it. I think that's what peace is for us. You know, and, and so we have to understand that peace is uh, the thing that removes chaos and anarchy, Okay, it's the thing that removes chaos and anarchy. So peace is that space where we find order. It's the, it's the space where we find that we are both complete and completely taken care of. Peace is the space where uh, it's without worry and yet also without full understanding. It's, it's as if we don't need all of the answers because we know that it's going to be taken care of. That's, that's peace. And we pray for peace. Anybody ever prayed for world peace? No? A couple of you. Okay. It, it happened at Thanksgiving one time because that's the time to do it or at Christmas dinner. Those are the only time, two times you're allowed to pray for world peace. Right? Um, so you may pray for world peace. You, you probably pray for peace in politics. Right? No matter which side of the aisle you're on, you pray for peace in politics. You, you pray that the two sides of the aisle can, can be peaceful and work together and hopefully make this country a better place to live in. You know, but we all have different ways that we pray for peace. Maybe for you it's like, man, I just wish that my kids would settle down a little bit. Right? I wish that my boss wasn't so crazy, and I wish that my coworkers would stop bringing all of their drama to work with them. 
right? Uh, I, I wish that, uh, I, I wish my, uh, my schedule wasn't so packed. I wish I wasn't in all of these chaotic situations. I, I wish that my spouse would chill out a little bit, right? I, I I don't know, like there's a lot of different ways that you could pray for peace. I, I pray that I have peace in my finances. I need some peace in my finances. And I just want to get ahead a little bit, right? Maybe for you it's, man, I, I wish that I could bring dad back. Because he always knew what to say in these kinds of situations. And it hadn't been the same since he hasn't been around. Or... Man, I really need peace in my health because I can't seem to catch a break medically. And I really want to pray for peace, but at this point, honestly, I'll just be okay if I can feel a little bit better tonight. And that's where we find most people whenever it comes to peace. We find them in this space where it's like, man, peace sounds really good, but to be quite honest, I don't know what peace is or how to go get peace. Like, if I could go pick it up, I would go get peace, but I just don't have it, and I want it. I want that peace for my life, but since I can't have it, I can't go get it, I'm just going to try to figure out how to be better today, how to just feel better now. And, And so, as I was uh, working on this idea of peace. Um, you know, I started out in Matthew chapter 10. In case you can't tell, that's where we're going to be today. <laughs> and here's the thing. If you, if you haven't had your eyes checked in a while, you're sitting towards the back of the room and you can't see it real well, then go to mymomentumchurch.tv. If you're online with us, go to mymomentumchurch.tv. Click on today's notes, and today's notes will be there in today's notes. So click on there. You got the, the, all the scripture that I'm going to be using today. And, you know, as I started creating this, I started out with one verse. Um, have you ever had a moment where, like, you kind of remember a verse, but you don't really remember exactly what it is? So you got to bear with me because today's going to be a little bit more of a teaching and less of a preaching um, because we're going to class on this scripture. And, and so what I want to start out the teaching with today is telling you, if you ever have a moment where you're like, man, I kind of remember some of the words of this verse, but I don't remember where it is and I don't remember exactly what it says. Here's what you do. You go to Google and you type in the few words of that verse that you remember. And then afterwards, type in scripture. Because if you don't type in scripture, you get some weird stuff that shows up. I'm just being honest, right? So type in scripture after that. And guess what? Within the first few pages, you're going to find the verse that you remember. And that's going to help you refine that, okay? So that's the first part. So that's where I started. I was like, God, I remember something about you sending your disciples out and telling them to bless people with peace. I want to know more about that. And so whenever I got here to Matthew chapter 10, we're in verse 13, which is down this way. Uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 13. Then all of a sudden, I started reading. I'm like, wait a second. There's more to this in this chapter. So I start reading through this whole chapter, which that's, that's generally a good idea to get full context, right? Taking one verse out of context, not a good idea. Read the whole chapter. Sometimes you got to read the chapter before and the chapter after to understand fully what it's saying. Right, And so I'm like, all right, there's more here. So now, all of a sudden, I realize this whole chapter is talking about peace. But Jesus, in case you haven't noticed, is very confusing. Anybody want to admit you think Jesus is confusing? (laughs) The way he talks is confusing, and here's the reason why. He is an Eastern rabbi, and we are rednecks. (laughs) Not everybody. I'm sorry, all you Ohioans. He's an Eastern rabbi, right? We have American 
linear logic. That's the way that we think. And Jesus doesn't do that. Eastern rabbis, like, they'll have a thought, right? But then they'll take this thought over here and this thought over here and this expression up here. And they're going to take all of that and, ex- and, and explain everything without fully explaining it and then tie it together. And it, you're supposed to walk away with this one point that they don't openly say, okay? That's the way that it works. And so as I was looking at this, I'm like, man, this, this joker's confusing looking at this chapter, And if I'm confused, I'm sure that a lot of other people are confused. So the reason why I have this up here is so that I can help show you some of the thought process and how he's explaining what it is that we're supposed to understand about peace. So in order to go there, though, I want to start out with the the verse that that got me interested to begin with. So we're going to follow along here, and we're going to draw all over this. Feel free to follow along in your Bible as we go. We're going to start in verse 13. It says, if the house is worthy, give it your blessing of peace. Now, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to highlight this where it says your blessing of peace. And I'm going to I'm going to uh, make a box around that word peace there so we can see it. But if it is not worthy, take back your blessing of peace. All right. So we've got this and it says your blessing of peace. And just so that I could understand, I looked up the word peace. So you got to keep in mind my redneck Greek cannot pronounce Greek words properly, all right? But the, the word that is used here is irene. Irene, all right? And what that is is it's that idea that we talked about earlier. It's, it's very similar to shalom. It's completeness. It's wholeness. It's not lacking anything. It's, it's peace and security. Um, it's prosperity. It's, I, I would almost equate it to the favor of God. All right? that's, I think that's a good way to, to, to put that. It, it's the favor of God, and you don't have to worry about anything. That's what he's saying here. So if your house is worthy, give it your blessing of peace. Now, what else is interesting about this? In both of these sentences, he identifies it as our blessing. Now, we got to keep in mind that he's talking to his disciples here, and as followers of Jesus, we are now his disciples, Okay, we are his disciples, so we insert ourselves into this passage of scripture as he is sending out his disciples into ministry. We are his disciples that he is sending out into ministry as well. And so we are commanded to identify who's worthy and give it our blessing of peace. Now, so we got to figure out though, where does this come from? Okay, because we all want peace. How do we go get it? If Jesus is saying that they have it, then how did they get it? So we're going to go back up to the top of the passage here, and we're going to go backwards and and take a look and see if we can find out where did they get this blessing of peace. Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority. All right, so I'm going to underline this word here, authority, because that's what this, this verse is all about. It's the power that is given to them, right, over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Now, the names of the 12 apostles, all right, I'm going to skip through this passage because this is all just the names. These 12, Jesus sent out after instructing them. So this is important as well, all right, so we can see kind of the logic of what's happening. So Jesus sent out the 12 after instructing them, giving them these instructions. After they were given these instructions, then he sent them out. So these are the instructions he gave them. Do not go in the way of the Gentiles. Do not enter any of the city, uh, the city of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost house. I'll get it right. Go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So Jesus went to Israel first. Then he went to the Gentiles after that. As you go, 
preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, which, by the way, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, freely you've received, freely give. Do not acquire gold or silver or copper for your money belts or a bag for your journey or even two coats or sandals or staff for the worker is worthy of his support. And whatever city or village you enter, inquire who is worthy in it and stay at his house until you leave that city. As you enter the house, give it your greeting if the house is worthy. Wait, we're back. So did you see anything in there about peace? Where did he give them the peace? All right, so let's, let's, let's go back here and let's take a look. All right, so here's the instructions. As you go preach, saying the kingdom of heaven has at hand, heal the sick. All right, so he gave them authority to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Raise the dead and cleanse the lepers. Disease and sickness, that makes sense. Now cast out demons. Unclean spirits, cast them out. That makes sense. Freely you receive, freely give. Do not acquire gold or silver. That's where, that's where it changes, Right? All of a sudden, there should be a break right there. Because all of this, he gave them authority over. But now he's changing thoughts. He's changing thoughts. It's still in the instructions, but one passage talks about the authority of stuff that he was given to them. Now the next passage is talking about something different. It says, do not acquire gold or silver or copper for your money belts or a bag for your journey or even two coats or sandals or a staff for the worker. That's us. He's talking to his disciples is worthy. I'm going to circle that. He's worthy. Who's worthy? We're worthy of his support. So check this out. What did I say peace was? Peace is not lacking anything. It's completeness, it's wholeness, it's everything taken care of. You don't have to worry about where your support's coming from. That sounds an awful lot to me like the peace that they're supposed to bless others with. Check this out. So he's saying that because they are followers of him, as disciples, something happens. When you become a disciple of Jesus, you no longer have to wait for something else to be given to you. As a disciple of Jesus, as a worker of Jesus, you are worthy of the peace that he has given to you already. You do not have to go and acquire peace. Peace is something that you already have been blessed with on your life. Amen. Whether you realize it or not, that's a different question. Whether you understand it or not, that's a whole different question. But the fact is, is that as a worker of Jesus, as a disciple of Jesus, we have been deemed to be worthy of our support. And look at this. It continues. You see this word right here, and? See, this is one thought. This is one thought. So these tie together to this. And, so you've been determined to be worthy of your support, of everything you need being taken care of. You don't have to worry about that stuff anymore. You're going to be taken care of because you're worthy. And whatever city or village you enter, inquire who is worthy in it and stay at his house until you leave that city. As you enter the house, give it your greeting. If the house is worthy, give it what? Your blessing, your blessing of peace that you already have. We're carriers. We're distributors of peace. We are peace dealers. 
we're worthy. Now, as you go out and you do ministry, you're supposed to figure out who else is worthy. And whenever you find who else is worthy, you bless them with peace. That's what you do. And here's what happens. But if it's not worthy, look at that word again. Take back your blessing of peace. And see, I think that this is where disciples, like, got confused. You know, and Jesus answers questions that we don't ask, right? And I think that that's what he did for his disciples. Because his disciples, if I'm a disciple, I'm sitting here going, wait a second. You're telling me we're going to raise the dead? Cast out demons? Heal the sick? We're going to bless people with completeness and wholeness and they don't have to worry about stuff because they know that they got a God who owns a thousand cattle on a thousand hills, who has every resource under heaven at his disposal and he wants to take care of you as a son and a daughter of his kingdom. Who's going to be upset with that? And he says, whoever does not receive you or heed your words as you go out of that house or that city, shake the dust off of your feet. Truly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Wait a second. Jesus. Like, bro, that doesn't make sense. Everybody prays for peace. You, you must be thinking about something else because everybody wants peace. And, and so, look, this is where Jesus kind of jumps around, right? And I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna try to Americanize the logic here. And, and check out what Jesus says. So we're going to go over here to verse 34. In verse 34, Jesus, the Prince of Peace, okay, can we all get that down? The Prince of Peace, as stated by Isaiah, he says, Do not think that I came to bring peace. I didn't come to bring peace. No. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Wait a second. What is is being said here? Jesus, too much of the Manischewitz. Bro, I don't know that you know what you just said, but you said go bless people with peace, but then you're, because we're doing what you want us to do, we are executing your will, but now you're saying that you didn't come to bring peace. Pick a side, Jesus, right? And, but here's the thing that we got to understand, right? So this is a different word. It's, it's from the same root word, but it's not irene, irene, however you say it, but it actually has an in on the end of it, which changes the meaning slightly. So the meaning that Jesus is saying is, is like, look, I know that you're blessing people with completeness and wholeness. That's what you're doing. But you've got to understand there's going to be people that don't want this because it stands in opposition. And so do not think that I came to bring Irenaean, which is relational peace. It's peace between people. You need to understand as a disciple of Jesus that You finding completeness and wholeness in the Father of all creation and not worrying about the rest of your life stands in direct opposition to the world order of chaos and anarchy. Most of the people that you will meet on this earth want the idea of peace between people, but they don't actually want irene, which is the completeness and wholeness and the satisfaction in God and the peace and security that he can provide that we cannot. It stands in direct opposition to the world order. And so Jesus says, I didn't come to bring peace between people. 
but a sword. That sword is peace. That sword is shalom. It is the irene of God. And because I didn't come to bring peace but a sword, and because this is going to divide people, I need you to be aware of something. Go back to what I said. I said, go into the city and ask who's worthy. This is important. Ask who's worthy. Then what happens? Then you actually go to their house and find out if they're worthy. Because there's going to be a lot of people that we find on this earth, maybe inside of the church, the church, that are declared by others to be worthy, that are declared by themselves to be worthy, that are declared to have life figured out, to have it all together. It seems like they've got life down to a science. And they don't worry about stuff, but then what happens is, is you get into the familiarity of their, of their house and their situation, and suddenly you start to find that their life is pretty chaotic, and the amount of trust that they have in themselves is way more than the amount of trust that they have in God. They have trust in God for their salvation, but they don't have trust in God for the food on their table. And so because, that, because of that, because you understand that now, He says, behold, I send you as sheep in the midst of wolves. You thought you were sheep in the midst of other sheep. Guys, reality check. You're going to meet a lot of people in the Christian world that pretend to be sheep. I'm not saying this to put anybody down. I'm just saying, guys, this is Jesus' reality check to them. Look, you're going to hear about people being worthy. You're going to hear about people believing in Jesus But there is a stark difference. This is why people that believe that you don't have to do anything to follow Jesus irritate me. Because I'm like, look, you can can say that you believe in Jesus and have the peace of God, but if all you believe Jesus for is your salvation and nothing else in this life, then you are not a sheep. You are a wolf in sheep's clothing. You are going to freak out new Christians Because they're going to learn how to live based off of you. They think that they're being discipled by you, and they're really being discipled by the world order that you're supposed to stand against. But beware of men, for they will hand you over to the courts. The very people that you thought were worthy will hand you over to the courts and scourge you in their synagogues. This is intense, Jesus Look at this. He says, you will be hated by all because of my name. I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. I didn't come to bring people together through this idea of completeness and wholeness. If that's what you think everybody's praying for, you're wrong. And so this whole section is like, it's the, it's the warning and, and, and wake-up call, right? I'm, I'm going to call this, this section right here. We're going to call this the wake-up call. And then, and then once he gives us that wake-up call, this is what I love about God. So God is always willing to give us a reality check, but anytime he gives us a reality check, he also reaffirms us and, 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 and rebuilds our faith. Okay, so once he gives us this reality check, then all of a sudden down here, he starts this, this process of saying, but listen, I want you to stay worthy. And it goes all the way up through this passage here. 
This is all about just, just stay worthy. Look, I know that all of this is scary. I know that you don't want to admit that you got problems with your friends that, that say that they believe, but then every chance that they get, they're just working on you, talking about, man, I don't understand why you're not concerned about your, your job right now. I don't know why you're not concerned about the economy right now. I don't know why you're not concerned about, uh, about this medical report that you just got, right? And, 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 and they're going to push at you, and, and it's not always going to be fun, but here's the thing. I want you to remember, where you have where you have come from where is your peace where is your completeness and your wholeness where is your worth found and he says are not two sparrows sold for a cent and yet none of not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father but the very hairs of your head are all numbered so do not fear Amen. stay worthy you ain't got to fear Look, reality check is, is that things don't go the way that you want them to go in this life. Wake up. You're going to experience tragedy in this life. Wake up. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So do not fear. You are more valuable than many sparrows. Make sure you stay worthy. Stay worthy. Verse 35 says, for I came to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a man's enemies will be the members of his household. And then this is, this is difficult, right? This is a, it's a difficult passage here. I struggled with this verse or these few verses all week. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy. Of me. This is not an accident. Not an accident. See, he says he's not worthy of me. Let's let's read on just a little bit farther. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. See, we get lucky whenever we say, like, the right thing at the right time. Jesus, he's not lucky, right? Jesus planned this out. As he's giving them their instructions, he planned this out. Check it out. Look at all the times he's talking about who's worthy and who's not worthy. Worthy, 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 not worthy. Come over here. Not worthy, not worthy, not worthy. Not worthy of what, though? This is where we have to be able to see the whole picture. See, it says, not worthy of me, and we assume that that's talking about Jesus, the person. In this case, he's already brought up the person, his personage, right here in the, in the uh, beginning of this phrase. It is more than me, more than Jesus, is not worthy of, it is an implied What? not a who anymore. Jesus is not talking about himself as a person. He is talking about himself with regards to the peace that he is and that he carries and that he has established in each and every single one of us. So he who loves his father or mother or his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of the peace that you have already been given, the peace that you have already been established with. Well, now that changes things, right? 
Because has anybody ever worried before? Yeah. And so I, I, I wondered all week, you know, because the rest of the sermon was coming together. And, but, man, I struggled with this. Because I, I went to commentaries. And, you know, some commentaries are really good. Sometimes you come up against commentaries and it's like they just tapped out a coffee. You know, they're like, I don't know. You got any ideas? I love Jesus a lot. Right? Like that's, that's the commentary that you get on this passage is, well, you better love Jesus a whole lot. Right? It's like you should be on a cereal box. And I'm like, great, that doesn't help me. I'm a practical dude. I like practical stuff. There, Jesus goes out of his way to explain way too much to just leave it at, well, you better love me. Right? And so, I, I don't know, it, it, your political stance does not matter for what I'm about to say. does not matter whatsoever. But I, whether you're on the blue side or the red side, or you're in the middle somewhere, right, this whole election week has been chaos. Doesn't matter what side you're on. It's been absolute chaos. And this week, right, what I started doing was I started, I started praying. I'm like, man, I, I can't control anything outside of... I pressed the button, and now the only control I have is that I can pray, right? Well, so here's the, here's the problem with what I was praying. I was praying for a specific candidate, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with praying for a specific candidate. The problem was my heart in the prayer. That was, that was the problem. You ever found yourself doing the right thing in the wrong way? Yeah, so that's, that's what I was doing this week. Because whether you're on the blue side or the red side, you have concerns about the other side. Wh whichever guy wins, you have concerns on the other side. And so I'll tell you where my heart was. My heart was, ah, oh, man, like this, this candidate, I, I need him to win because I'm worried that the other candidate is going to jack up my family. I I'm worried about what my kids are going to have to deal with because of this candidate's stance on stuff. I'm worried about my family's finances because of this other candidate's stuff. And, and, and I've got to be able to take control. I'm worried about the economy. I'm worried about the health of our nation uh, in, in stance of the world order that's around us. Like, I'm worried about all of this stuff. Jesus, I'm worried about your church. So in the name of Jesus, I pray that this candidate would win. And Jesus said, ah, now you get it. Now you get it. That's what it's like to be not worthy. Whenever you start operating on the world's order of control, chaos, and anarchy, right? Like, like the world is like a white belt in jujitsu, right? If you don't know anything about martial arts, white belt is like beginner level. I, 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 I did jujitsu for about two months, got injured, and quit. <laughs> True story. And I had a lot of good justifications in my own head as to why I quit and needed to quit. Nonetheless, two months I did it, and you, you roll doing jujitsu, you're, you're basically wrestling, right? And man, as a white belt, you are chaos on the mat. I mean, you just, just doing whatever you can. It's ridiculous. Just looking for any kind of control you can get, right? And, and these guys that have experience, they're just super calm, and they're just like, you're an idiot, now you're choking, now you're dead, right? 
Like that's how that's how these experienced guys do this. <laughs> I, I I would submit in like 30 seconds. I mean, it was ridiculous. That is the world's order. It's just, it's like a white belt. Like just, just, I got to get anything that I can get my hands on. Any bit of control that I can find. I, I don't like where my finances is, uh, is are, so I, I'm going to go and I'm, I'm going to talk to my boss, even though I know that my boss hates me, right? I'm going to go talk to him and demand that I get a raise. And I, I'm going to go, I, I'm going to go get checked out, not by one doctor, but by four doctors. And, 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 and I know that if I take maybe this medication, then it's going to help me here, even though, even though that, that the other doctor said that I shouldn't, and there's so many conflicting things, and, 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 and I just got so many different thoughts in my head, and should I wear a mask, should I not wear a mask, and should I touch people? people? Should I not touch people? What do I need to do? And so I'm just going to reach for all of the different stuff and I'm going to kick and I'm going to punch and I'm going to grab any bit of control I can find. That's the world order. Anything that I can grab a hold of. And that's what I found that I was doing with my prayer and, and praying and praying for a candidate, praying for whatever in your life. That's a good thing whenever it's with a good heart. But whenever your prayer comes from the place of chaos and anarchy, don't think that God's going to answer that prayer. Because in that moment, I was deemed by Jesus as not worthy. You see, Jesus over here, he's just telling them, look, I'm telling you to do this because that's already what I do. I'm, I'm giving you this instruction to go out and be like me. Guess what I do? I judge who's worthy and not worthy of peace that they're supposed to have, of, of peace that, that they're supposed to walk in, of the support that they're worthy of, right? And, and, and so... I'm not, I want you to hear me on this. I'm not saying that if you find yourself in a moment of not being worthy, that you're not worthy for the rest of your life. That's not it, right? It's a moment. It's a moment of walking outside of the blessing of God. It's a moment where you realize, dang it, man, I am super anxious over everything right now. I'm, I'm super worried about everything right now. And in that moment, don't go trying to, to deal peace because it's not going to work because you've already been deemed as not worthy in that moment. And here's what you have to do. Because everybody goes through this. Everybody. I, I would say probably a, a couple of times a week for the average person, at least. Maybe a few times a day you go through this, where you find yourself worried about everything, worried about, man, is my family going to be taken care of? Am I going to be taken care of? What's going to happen with these medical bills? Right? And, and so you, you encounter these times of worry. And can I just tell you, as a human being here on this earth, it is 100% normal for your flesh to worry. 100% normal. And whenever we talk about bringing the flesh into submission, worry is one of those things. Anxiety is one of those things. It's, it's normal for your flesh to worry. It's normal for your flesh to fear. It's your job, though, to bring it back into submission to Jesus. That's, that's how that works. So as Christians, can we just say as Christians, we're no longer going to walk up to someone who, who says, man, I've really been anxious lately, and tell them, well, stop being anxious. Don't you know that Jesus has your peace? Right? Stop worrying all the time. Guys, that does not help anybody. Freaking stop. 
Instead, what you need to do is you need to walk up to him and go, I know how that feels. That's the first thing you should say. The very first thing, if I can help you in this classroom, is go up to somebody who is saying that they're struggling with worry and anxiety, and you walk up, whether you know to the extent that they feel it or not, you know what it's like to worry about something. You walk up to them and you say, I know how that feels. That's step one. Then step two is start to remind them, but hey, look, God has a thousand cattle on a thousand hills. God is the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's already seen the other side of this situation that you're dealing with. And even though it sucks right now, it's gonna get better because he's already seen the other side of this. And you remind them and encourage their faith and their faith is going to be built up. And you know what? They might need it again tomorrow. You might need it again tomorrow, right? And then what you do is that person who has found yourself not worthy is you just simply go to God in prayer and repent for it and say, God, I'm sorry. I, I started fighting for control and I realized that, Lord. I repent for trying to take control over the stuff that you've already said that you've got in your hands. I want to give it back to you. You know what Jesus does every single time? He says, good job. Good job. Go start dealing peace again. And then you go and you, you just deal peace. I, I want to pray for anybody in here. Let's, let's bow our heads and, and close our eyes. Anybody in here who you feel like, man, in this moment I have figured out that Jesus would say I am not worthy in this moment. If that's you and, and you want to be back, you know, you want, you want to walk through this quickly, I want you to raise your hand so that I can help you pray. Okay, good. So look, you just pray silently, okay? I'm just going to kind of give you some stuff to say, and then you pray silently, and then if it happens again, then you just pray again, all right? So you say, Jesus, I'm sorry that I tried to take control. I repent for worrying right now, and I know that you are in heaven watching over me and protecting me and releasing resources to take care of me. Thank you for completing me and bringing me peace right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, now, if you just walk through that prayer, man, look, you're worthy, right? Jesus sees you as worthy right now in this moment. And if it happens again later today, just walk through the same thing. And, and eventually what you're going to find is that over time of that constant reminder over and over again, you're not going to have to remind yourself as often. That's what's going to happen. Because eventually your spirit, that is putting the flesh in submission to your spirit. That's what it is. And now, this week, I want to challenge every single person in this room who is a peace dealer, right? I want you to deal peace this week, and the way that you're going to do it, super simple. And sometimes, sometimes can we just say that we don't know all of the effects supernaturally that what we're doing is going to have. Here's the thing. Here's what Jesus told us to specifically do. Give them your blessing of peace. You find somebody, coworker, friend, relative, uh, somebody at the grocery store, right? Here's what I want you to do. You identify them. Jesus is going to show you who it is. And all I want you to do, real simple, just walk up to them and just say, hey, 
In the name of Jesus, I want to bless you with peace right now. That's it. In the name of Jesus, I bless you with peace. You may not see the effects of that in that moment, but I guarantee you they'll feel it. They're going to feel it whenever they leave. Why? Because you've just set into motion something supernaturally that maybe you can't fully explain, but it's something that Jesus told us to do. So go out this week and be peace dealers. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for today, Lord. Thank you for your word, God. Thank you for your scripture, God. Lord, thank you for illuminating uh, uh, your peace inside of us, Lord. Thank you for helping us realize what you've already given to us, Lord, that we don't have to reach for it. We don't have to try to take control over it, God. It's just something that you've already blessed us with, Lord. And in the name of Jesus, I pray that we will go out and we will bless others this week. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.